0: Today we look at what does the resurrection actually mean? Jesus' life death and resurrection and resurrection really means to rise from the dead and so we're going to explore that today and so i'd love us to read from luke and from john i'm going to do a few passages if you don't have your bibles don't stress at it all it's going to be on the screen if you do you can turn to it if you don't have a bible uh, and you want to get one you can download free ones uh, online there's one a great one called the esv there's the YouVersion bible app uh, if you don't have one and there's you want a paper one there's ones at the back as well but to set the scene jesus has been crucified he's in a tomb he's been covered and laid in, in spices he's, he's dead from crucifixion he's been laid in a tomb and weeks before his death he's been telling his followers and those not following him that the time for him to die was coming close we shared last week that his death didn't take him by surprise he planned it from the start he planned out his death from the start to pay the price for us which we'll get stuck into and so he'd said on the third day he was going to rise again. But his followers didn't really understand this. Even when he shared it before he died, they didn't. Even on the cross, they didn't understand it. Now they're in the waiting time. They're sort of going, well, where is he? Is this for real? What did he actually share on? Didn't make sense to them. So they were hunkered down trying to process the death of Jesus and also living under fear of the persecution and death that he had faced that that might fall on him. It's why most of his disciples fled at the time of his crucifixion. So we pick up the story uh, after this has happened on the third morning, Luke 24 verses one to 12. This is what it says. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb. Take, we'll find out who they is just now taking the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel no one's wearing dazzling apparel right now but uh, it would be nice if some of you did you can come in the bling next week Um, and as they were frightened uh, and bowed their faces to the ground the men said to them why do you seek the living among the dead he's not here but has risen remember how he told you while he was still in galilee that the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise They remembered his words it started coming back to these followers of jesus and returning from the tomb they told all these things to the eleven that's the disciples jesus's closest followers and to all the rest who were all waiting there now it was mary magdalene uh, joanna and mary mary magdalene was a lady who was demon possessed jesus set her free from that became one of his followers and actually financial supporters as well in the ministry joanna mary the mother of james other woman Jesus' mother Mary presumed to be included in that as well. They went and they told the apostles, but these weren't seen to them as an idle tale and they didn't believe them. I just love God's patience with us. So these are the ones who saw Jesus do the most astounding miracles turning water into wine before their eyes, seeing a few loaves and fish transformed to feed 5,000 people, seeing the dead rise, seeing people who couldn't see see, and they're like, no, don't believe it. No ways. He said he was going to rise again. Impossible. Can't happen. And so you just see their, uh, their understanding. We all live like this. I think so often we don't trust Jesus, see him as he is, and he's just so patient with us. But Peter rose. Peter, the one, for those of you who don't know, who had denied Jesus. He had said uh, at Jesus' most important hour, um, his most painful hour, no, I don't even know this guy. And he had fled. Peter, he rises and he ran to the tomb stooping and looking in he saw the linen cloths by themselves and he went home marveling at what had happened it sort of rung true to him another biography of jesus that was from luke uh the next one the book of john john who was standing looking at the cross when jesus died and who jesus looked down to and said john look after my mom when i die said to his mom, this is now your son. So John was one of his closest friends. He writes about what Mary Magdalene experienced when she first met, the first person to meet the risen King Jesus. Jesus said to her, met her in a garden, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She's been to uh, the empty tomb. Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, mary and she turned and she said to him in aramaic "Rabbi," which means teacher the moment he spoke and he actually turned her face to her and said her name she recognized who he was she experienced the power in his voice the love that came from him and instantly she was like this is the risen king jesus and then he appeared to many more people over the days ahead where in fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, written by the apostle Paul, look what it says. For I delivered to you as a first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to, look at who he appears to now, to Cephas, Peter, another word for Peter, then to the twelve, he walked into a room where the 12 disciples were. He said to Thomas, known as Doubting Thomas, Thomas, put your fingers where the holes are i just want to show you that i'm the risen king so jesus always has time for our doubts you can always ask him questions if you're doubting here today if you're questioning is jesus who he said he is keep asking keep exploring jesus has time we can come to him with our doubts then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time but look at this part most of whom are still alive Though some have fallen asleep, i.e., have died. So, the beautiful thing about this text, one of the earliest written texts after Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15, the most amazing thing about it is that it would have been discredited instantly if it didn't happen, because those people were still living who saw Jesus. But yet, we have it today. Why? Because it's the truth. So, it's amazing how these have been passed down. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, As one untimely born, he appeared to me. He appeared to Paul uh, on the road to Damascus. So today I'd like us to look at the answers to three vital questions we each need to answer. Wherever we are in the journey of faith, we need to answer these during our lives on earth. Firstly, did Jesus rise from the dead? We all have to answer that question. Secondly, if Jesus did rise from the dead, what did the resurrection prove? What was the point of the resurrection? And thirdly, what does that mean for us personally? For you and i what does that mean so that's what we're going to look into firstly did jesus rise from the dead well before we get to that i want to say that most of us believe that there is life after death sure there are some who would say there's nothingness we live with particles bumping together the minute we die we become nothing none of our feelings are real none of our thoughts are real they're all sort of made up parts of our body but it's atoms joining together and there are people who believe that But I don't believe that's the case for most of us, even those of us who would say we aren't Christ followers. And this is why. When someone dies, look at what people say about that person. Whether it's on the Facebook wall, whether it's in sharing about it, you'll hear phrases like, Fly high with the angels. Fly high special one. You're in a better place. Rest in peace. Until we meet again. We wouldn't give comments like that if we didn't think there was life after death. We would say, it's been great, we're never going to see you again. We would mourn and say, it's, it's the end, you're done. We would, be, we would be true about this, but why do we say those sorts of things, even if we don't believe in God, or even if we don't believe in Christ? Why do we say those things? It's because actually we believe there is something after death. We believe it. We think that there is. We know that there is deep down because God created us like that. That phrasing shows the majority of us feel that life is not the end. there's something beyond the grave we may not know what it is you might not know what it is today but we do believe there's something else there's a story told of two babies in the womb twins and so these twins are, are in the room and they're just having a discussion about whether there's anything outside of the womb and so the one is like i'm telling you there's something more every now and then i hear voices Or we we get moved around more, or it's lighter or it's darker. I'm telling you there's something more than this womb. The other one says, this is ridiculous. There's nothing else. Enjoy it. This is it. Darkness and, and us bouncing around and bumping into each other. That's it. The other one says, I'm telling you there's something more. There's something else beyond the grave. And they have this thing, and obviously one is right and one is wrong. And there is something beyond the grave. And we can be like that. We can be one of those two twins in the womb. The one saying, no, I I sense there's something more, or the one who blocks themselves to it. I mean, interestingly enough in that story, you know, we as people actually live in two realms already. So we're in the womb. It's quite crazy to think that we live and breathe through liquid. That's what we do in the womb. And it's the instant that we're born, we actually breathe and we live in the realm of air. So it's actually not that crazy that there's another spiritual realm as well. We already live in two. If you think about it, it's quite incredible how it's been made. So uh, it, uh, the spiritual realm is not actually the strangest thing. So we may feel this life beyond the grave, but did Jesus actually rise from the dead? Did, he, did that actually happen as he claimed? Was he God in the flesh? Did uh, what we read actually happen? We could look at a whole series on this. Uh, if you've never read the book or watched the movie, I would highly recommend a book or movie called The Case for Christ. A man called Lee Strobel, lead editor of the Chicago Tribune, atheist. And he decided, a friend challenged him, he said, I'm going to disprove the resurrection of Jesus. And end, he became a Christ follower and he said, there's the greatest proof of this ever. Uh, but what? read the book, watch um, the movie. But anyway, we could do a whole series. But here are a few things that we need to know about Jesus' death and resurrection. Firstly, he did die. Peter made the question saying he could have just survived the resurrection. Oh, not the resurrection. That's what we believe he survived. He could have survived the crucifixion and just sort of hidden away not wanted to be in the limelight. Guys say he didn't actually die. They took him down, but he was still, he was still breathing. He was still alive. And then he made this astounding recovery. You didn't survive a crucifixion. It was perfected by the Romans as the most violent and painful way to bring execution. People stayed up between six, uh, six hours and four days until they died, and it was certain that they died. And if they weren't dying quick enough, their legs were broken, they were pierced in the side, and that, that continually happened until their death came, but it was prolonged for as long as possible. But when people were taken off the cross, they were well and truly dead. So did Jesus die? Yes. As everyone else who was crucified in that time, he died. Secondly, his body was wrapped in over 35 kgs of spices and perfumes and then bound up like those mummy pictures that we see. And this alone would have been impossible to unwrap himself from if he was in the tortured state and somehow survived the crucifixion. He would have died in that state as it was. Next, the Roman gods and the Jewish authorities wanted Jesus to stay dead. They killed him because he said he was God. They didn't believe he was, so he was murdered for blasphemy. The Roman guards would have been killed or punished severely for not fulfilling their duty of guarding the tomb. And neither of them could find the body. So the Jewish, it's actually recorded, and this is is spoken in Jewish circles today. It's actually recorded that the Jewish authorities went to the Roman guards and said, listen, we're going to protect you. None of us can find the body, so just tell the Roman governors that the body was stolen. But the point is is that the reason why they had to make up that story is because nobody could find the body. It wasn't there. Next one. Testimonies of countless people who met the risen Lord who were living at the time of the writing would have easily discredited the the story. We looked at that. Six, women are recorded as finding the tomb empty. In that day and age, a woman's testimony was not considered testimony in the court of law. It's terrible. And Jesus actually fought to change that to honor women. But the fact that the writers in all of the Gospels say that it was women who found the tomb empty and met Jesus for the first time face to face, the risen King Jesus, proves to me that it's real. Because if the disciples wanted to fabricate a beautiful story, they most definitely would not have put ladies as being the ones who found Jesus. And lastly, the miraculous power and growth of the local church across the globe until the present day speaks to the life death and resurrection of jesus so again this is touching on it but first one did he die yes he most definitely died secondly probably most important for all of us why was the resurrection essential why why was it so important why is it so important for you and i today well jesus rising from the dead proved that he was the acceptable sacrifice for our sin if jesus didn't rise from the dead it would mean that he was not god in the flesh and that his death was not enough to pay for your sin and mine it wasn't a perfect payment and the thing is we might feel like we're pretty good people we might feel like we're upright northern suburb citizens i mean that person is pretty dodgy what they get up to in the week is dodgy and man that lady can gossip i mean it's just ridiculous how much she gossips you should have heard what she said i choose that fishy ground at the gym she said this can you believe it while you're talking to your friend about the same story but of course that's not gossip or while those politicians are something else but i am the upright perfect citizen i never speed i obey every aspect of the law the politicians don't but i most certainly do i'm the perfect citizen the problem is that we are often not a very good gauge of the state of our heart or our goodness we're not and our reasoning for how good we are is a little flawed Because we love to compare ourselves with people around us. And as long as we feel slightly better than someone we can find on the news, even someone far removed that we don't know, we feel better about ourselves. So on the goodness scale, we feel like God should accept us. But the real benchmark for how good we are is actually how we stand between us and the one who created us. That's the real benchmark. Luke 18 verse 19. There was this ruler, this rich ruler. And I think he thought he had it all together and so he approached jesus this is what he asks him luke 18 ruler asked him good teacher what must i do to inherit eternal life jesus says to him something so interesting why do you call me good because no one is good except god alone so he recognized that he was god but jesus used it as an opportunity to just set the record straight that god is the only one who's considered good across the globe when we compare ourselves to him so none of us reach god's perfect standard none of us could stand in god's presence because he cannot be in the presence of sin and i shared this last week i'll do it again because it's just healthy for us to do is that i don't think there's any of us who would be happy for us to sit here and watch after the service a dvd of our thoughts what we have said what we've spoken just in this past week And uh, for you to invite everyone else to get popcorn and just watch it. And and for you to sit going like, yes, guys, watch it. Watch everything. Watch everything I've thought. It's all perfect. None of us would do that. Because we know there's mess in our hearts. So God couldn't sweep it under the carpet. That would stop him being just right and true. And so he acted on the only possible solution to save the people he loves and to satisfy justice. He's a righteous judge and he's a loving father and those two had to meet somewhere he had to come and pay the price himself so he would be the payment for our sin that none of us could pay it's why in john 3 verse 16 says for god so loved the world we saw that the past two weeks the radical love that christ has for us that he gave his life as a love offering as a sacrifice for you and me that's the love of christ but it would have all been pointless if he didn't rise from the dead because if he didn't rise from the dead he would be the same as us And so actually there would be nothing that we could rely rely on in what he promised us. It was only in the rising again that he proved he was the son of God. It was only in his rising that he proved he was an acceptable payment for your sin and mine. It was only in his rising that he showed it is possible for us to experience that same rising if we would trust in him. It was only his rising that we have the opportunity for a personal living relationship with the God who created us all because we can stand in his presence because the payment for our sin that blocked him has been made. His resurrection is essential to everything that we believe as Christ followers. It's not something we can sweep away. He had to rise. Otherwise, we have no hope beyond the grave. It's why Paul said, 1 Corinthians 15, he said, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. Jesus did rise from the dead. Anyone here in this room would say you're a Christ follower. It's absolutely futile if he didn't rise from the dead. Because we're still in our sins. Then those also who've fallen asleep in Christ, they've also died. Hell, separation from God. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we're all people to be the most pitied. Because the Christian at that time and many across the world now were getting persecuted, are being persecuted. One of the reasons we support Open Doors as Hope Church is because we want to help and serve the persecuted church. There are thousands of brothers and sisters in Christ being killed every year for their faith. We don't have that problem here. But we want to support and we want to help them. So that's what Paul's saying. We'd be the most pitied. Because if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, what are we doing all of this for? But I love the verse 20a. But in fact, Christ has risen from the dead. I love his honesty. He's risen, he's alive, and he loves you. I love the part when Jesus says, Mary, and he calls her by name. I love where Peter, the one who denied Jesus, the time that he met Jesus face to face as he was out fishing he had gone back to fishing I think he'd given up on following Jesus to some extent he was out fishing which is what he first did and then Jesus is walking along the beach and he calls them and he says guys come for some breakfast on the beach and they first don't know who it is and then they see it's the risen Jesus and he sits and he talks with them and it's this amazing bonding time with him and Jesus and Jesus says he calls him he says actually I want you to feed my sheep, to reach out to the lost and broken. It was Jesus saying, You've messed up. But I love you and I want you. I want to use you. It's what he says to each of us here today. He calls you by name as he did, Mary. He says, I'm alive. Do you believe? I died for you. Do you receive? And that's what he says to you today. Wherever you're on the journey of faith, he reaches out and he calls you by name. And he says, It's me. And I'm alive. And will you take what I have to say seriously? It's a question all of us can ask him. So that leads us on to the final point. What can we experience through the resurrection? We've shared on some of these, but I want to touch on a few. Forgiveness of sin. Romans 10 verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us, from all unrighteousness and that's actually our greatest need even in scripture so often people who were broken people who needed healing came to jesus and the first thing he did before he healed them of their diseases is he used to say your sins are forgiven because actually that's what all of us need far more than jesus being our slot machine who makes our lives better on earth we need eternal life we need to be saved from our brokenness and from our mess I need it, Junior, we all need it. And so what Jesus first came to do and what his death and resurrection did, it gave the opportunity for us to be put right with God. You can be right with him today. You can do that today. He can save you from your sin today. Secondly, we get to be his kids, children of the living God. John 1 verse 12 to 13, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will. We don't try harder. We don't earn our way into heaven. We don't get born into a relationship with Jesus. I've Spoken to many people before, and they're like, no, no, I was, I was born you know, as a Christian. I was born into the Anglican church. I was born into the Catholic church. Doesn't make us a follower of Jesus. We can't be born. We make a decision to follow Christ. We can't do it on our own by our will. We need his help. It says, but of God, we get to be his sons and daughters. We get to call him father some of us here today might have terribly broken family relationships maybe you don't know what it means to have a dad who loves you and so it's hard for you to to see god as a father but i want you to look to him today with fresh eyes as the ultimate father as the example of what a father is we can have a close and personal relationship with him not to just know him academically or mentally but personally to know him close wonderful blessing what you, we receive in that relationship. Last two eternal life. We're going to pray for a bit after this. I've got a few on these because I love it. And I think the more that we think about the fact that our lives on earth are short, the more that we live for what's important on earth. Because in a world in which we live, we're all about productivity, we're all about growth, we're all about uh, development. But actually, we should be about effectiveness. That's actually what we should be living for. What is effective? not what's productive what is effective one peter one verse three blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ according to his great mercy he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ it's one of uh, the reasons why we called uh, hope church hope church we get to be born into a living hope we all place our hope in something It can be a bank account it can be a marriage it can be our children can be our business empires those aren't living hopes those are all hopes that will end the only living hope is what we access in christ that's what we get born into romans 8 verse 11 if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead dwells in you if he changes us from the inside out he who raised christ jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you get life everlasting this world is not it uh, John 11, verse 25, Jesus said to this lady, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, we're all going to die. One stat that's 100% certain. No matter how healthy we are, I think we should be healthy. I could be healthier. But no matter how healthy we are, how, no matter how much we do gym, no matter how much we try and protect ourselves and make sure everything's safe and we've got the best medical aid and we drive so carefully on the road, we're going to die. It's going to happen to all of us. 100% certain. So actually, we should be preparing for that day. This world's not it, but as Christ follows, heaven is home. It's not about getting the the red passport, which I think is becoming blue, the the British one. It's not about trying to hunt for a passport, a better one than the Zimmba. Although you probably should hunt if you have a Zimmba, but um, <laughs> a passport says citizen of heaven. Get a sticky note, put that on your passport. Be a great conversation starter every time you go through the airport citizen of heaven we need to remind ourselves actively that we're just passing through this world is very very short death is not the end we have a living hope as christ follows and we're going to live together in a perfection we're not going to float on clouds like cupid we're going to do life together we're going to work some people won't have jobs dentists praise the lord doctors praise the lord you guys will do something else um we're going to we're going to work we're going to learn we're going to we're going to grow we're going to eat great food together we're going to travel together one of my good friends said "Sarah and i love holidays one of my great friends said the best thing about being a christ follower is you can delay holidays until heaven some of us love it and we just wish we had the money we'd love to visit every country in the world and it was just actually such a small throwaway phrase and i thought it's so true if we really believe heaven is as good as it is we can delay some of our holidays until heaven We actually sacrifice, put that money to better use for his kingdom, for heaven. So celebrate holidays, but if you can't go on all of them, it's okay. Heaven's going to be far better. We're going to do life together. We're going to work. We're going to travel. We're going to connect, but without sin, without decay, in perfection, eternal life. The last thing we experience before I pray is the supernatural power of life. Through Christ, we access the supernatural we don't just live day to day but we start to live a miraculous life we start to live it 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 if anyone is in Christ he's a new creation the old has passed away the new has come some of you have given your lives to Christ here today you need to stop seeing yourselves as what you were before you came to Christ You're a new creation he's changed you from the inside out start living like that start living as a new son and daughter Galatians 2 verse 20 Paul said I've been crucified with Christ it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave myself up for me so in a strange way as we ask God into our heart in some senses our lives become so intertwined with his that over time his desires become our desires his passions become our passions it's how you know God's changed you from the inside out you just want to be with his people church is your priority It's not like, man, I can't go fishing this weekend. Problem, no one invited me. I can't go on holiday because the car isn't fixed. There's no good flights on holiday at the moment. Okay, I guess I've got to go to church. No, you want to be here. Why? Because he's changing from the inside out. You want to raise your kids to follow him. And actually them following Jesus is more important than the university they go to. Why? Because he's changing from the inside out. Your priorities change because you're living with him. You're combined with each other. Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. We've loved seeing Jesus doing the miraculous amongst us over the last few months. Seeing people prayed for and healed. Seeing people's lives absolutely turn around. Going in one direction, Jesus changes them. Give their lives to Jesus, get baptized. Absolute different track. Marriage is restored. People with amazing words of knowledge and experience healing on the back of it. God's at work and he works supernaturally. It's what he did when he was here and he said, guys, actually you're going to do more than I did on earth. So we believe that. We live the supernatural life so that we look good, so that we can be like the prophets we see on TV. No, so that he can look great. So people can see that we don't just believe in an intellectual God. We believe in a real God. So the resurrection gives us supernatural powerful life. To live the purpose god has called us to and we're excited to see him do more and more amongst us and in your businesses and in your homes with strangers i was talking to a lady uh, before the service today lovely lady of god after the service uh, last week she just got chatting to one of the safeguards there and she just felt called to uh, draw and to say hey do you know jesus it's like no I, i i'm a catholic but i actually don't don't really believe anything she's like well let's pray now for you to come come to faith so he gave his life to the lord miraculous power of god god has a story that he's writing in each of your hearts and it just takes you believing what he's done on the cross and stepping out of faith and living what he's called you to the supernatural life